Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Well, Hammer, this leaked audio of Donald Trump. It's like it's rehash. It's stuff we already knew. We saw the transcript in the indictment that was released a couple of weeks ago. Now we just have it in audio form where I what I want to know is what the real story is where it came from. Right. There's a lot of other layers to the audio. Sure. And we're going to play you the entire 90 second clip coming up here in just a moment. But you're right. There are some other things of notes going on here. So, again, here's what I want you to listen for in this clip. At one point, you will hear Donald Trump say, quote, See, as president, I could have declassified it. Now I can't. You know, but this is still a secret. And then the staffer responds, well, laughing. Now we have a problem. So there's a lot of things going on here. Take notes. Here's the clip in its entirety. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at him. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm-hmm. Except it is like highly confidential yeah. secret. <laughs> this is secret information. Look, look at this. You attack. And Hillary would print that out all the time. You know. <laughs> send it, you know, she'd send it to yeah. Anthony Weiner. Yeah, yeah. The pervert. Um, by the way, isn't that incredible? Though? Yeah. I was just saying because we were talking about it, <laughs> and you know, he said he wanted to attack Iran and what. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Right? No, no, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified yeah. it. Now I can't, you know, but this is. Yeah, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's a lot yeah. to unpack there in that 90 second mm. audio bite there. Nige, what do you think? Uh, it's amazing. It's just stunning how these. these Trump things get leaked out to the iron secured the you can't get past the Department of Justice the, the lockdown DOJ we can't talk about Hunter Biden because the investigation's ongoing uh, we can't uh, until it's Trump and then CNN is all over it it's funny how the DOJ uh, gets these things to CNN or the CNN finally like remember when Stone was uh, what's his face? Trump's Roger Stone. Aide, Roger Stone was arrested, and C- CNN was there before the the feds were there to get him. CNN beat the feds <laughs> to his house that day. Look, 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 we can't tell you anything about the Hunter Biden investigation. It's an ongoing investigation, okay? And they had just think about this. They had that text from Hunter to the Chinese oligarch, basically saying, "Hey, give me my money. My dad's right here, and he's sitting next to me." And then they had that text under lock and key for three or four years. But all of a sudden, we have this Trump audio right. that's leaked out. And who leaked it? Because if it was indeed the DOJ, well, 
we got a ball game here. We've got a situation because that could be the type of technicality that could let Donald Trump walk. Now, on its surface, just listening to that, it sounds like this is going to be a major problem for Donald Trump. The questions are going to come in. Can you prove those were classified documents that he was rummaging through with the people in that room? Yeah, or was he just being kind of cavalier? Or was right. he screwing with them or trying to impress them when they weren't really... I don't know. I'm not going to get myself into a pretzel thinking about all this. I mean, it is what it is. This, this tape says nothing new. Um, it doesn't say anything different than the indictment. The Justice Department uh, is running cover for the White House. It, I mean, it's it's like the Biden's own personal PR department, I think. I mean, like the past couple of days, you noticed the press has been asking Kareem Jean-Pierre about Hunter and Joe and all, and all of that crap. But all of a sudden, this new shiny object leaks out from a case, which is, by the way, this thing is under a gag order. And the judge in this case doesn't like this kind of crap. So if I was Trump's legal team, like you just mentioned, uh, I'd be up there in front of the, uh, the the bench asking for dismissal immediately. The other thing, aside from Donald Trump saying anything in that audio, was the fact that if they do exist, there are documents that show Milley wanted to invade Iran against Donald Trump's wishes. Yeah, you remember that that, that whole thing. That Iran uh, wanted to uh, Iran shot down a drone or something like that. In the United States. Yep. And uh, they wanted to go in and get revenge, and Donald Trump stopped them. Said, "No, we're not doing that. How, what's the death count there? No, 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 we're not going to do that." Which is a funny side narrative because everybody paints Donald Trump as this this out of control, warmongering president dictator when he was the one that used restraint and did not go in. And so, if you have yeah. proof that Milley was trying to force the United States into a war, defying the wishes of the president, this is another big deal here. Now, Donald Trump has responded to this audio that's been leaked out. He went to Truth Social. So, Big Nige, if you wouldn't mind, in your best oh. Donald Trump impression, oh boy. can you read the response that he put out last night? The deranged special prosecutor, Jack Smith, <laughs> working in conjunction with the DOJ and the FBI, illegally leaked and spun a tape and transcript of me, which is actually an exoneration. <laughs> Rather than what they would you have you believe, this continuing witch hunt is another election interference scam. They are cheaters and thugs. Well done, sir. Well that's done. a lot out of me. That, that burns a few calories when I do that. What really wins me over, what sells the bit for me, is What's the that? sucking of the spit. <laughs> like, when I hear you suck that spit back, it feels like Donald Trump is yep. in the room. So, <laughs> while Donald Trump continues to struggle with the Department of Justice, Joe Biden continues to struggle against the teleprompter. No. So yesterday, no. speaking at the White House, he's got his eyes squint. He's leaning in. His mouth is open. He's trying to read it word for word on the teleprompter. And we got another end of quote. And the next day, they sent someone out to survey her yard. As Beth wrote, this is the best thing that's happened to rural America since the Rural Electrification Act for electricity to farms in the 30s and 40s. End of quote. <laughs> Why do they keep typing that on the teleprompter? 
and when you hear him read that, it sounds like a kid reading a book report in school. Yeah. Like Obama knew how to deliver a speech. Oh, sure. Great Donald order. Trump can hold a crowd yep. in the palm of his hand. Joe Biden squints, opens up his mouth, almost falls forward, <laughs> and reads end of quote. Now, this is not the first time. No, no, no. He's done this, which brings us to great moments and end of quote history. And the next day, they sent someone out to survey her yard. As Beth wrote, this is the best thing that's happened to rural America since the Rural Electrification Act for electricity to farms in the 30s and 40s. End of quote. <laughs> so we've got that. That was a recent end of quote, but there's a long list. You see, because of new life-saving knowledge to be gained that must be used for progress of all people, end of quote. <laughs> now, my favorite of all time is when we get not only an end of quote, but I think we get a repeat the line out of this one. That the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so, end of quote. Repeat the line. <laughs> and for the last time, anything you put on that proper, Burgundy will read. <laughs> End of quote. Repeat the line. Uh, wow. Great moments in end of quote history. Love it. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Do you suppose we'll meet any wild animals? Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. The dingo ate your baby. And now Hammer and Nigel proudly presents. Damn, nature, you're scary. Lions and tigers and bears. What have I always said, Hammer? I've always said this is the worst way to go. This would be the worst way to die. Two things. Do you know what they are? It's either being attacked by a shark and dragged to the bottom of the ocean or being mauled to death by a wild animal. Yeah. I like think, a tiger or a bear. And I really think that would be the slower death because eventually the the, the shark you'd, you'd either eventually drown or you'd bleed out. But the but the bear I feel like it would toy with you a little bit. Would want to fight with you like it did at Leo Di, uh, Leo DiCaprio in the movie The Revenant, right? So this group of photographers they were in Alaska taking a bunch of pictures of nature. Damn nature, you scary. <laughs> And they were surprised that a big brown bear attacked him, so they they shouted and shooed at him and then scared him off. This, uh, as you can imagine, this is probably the same thing I would do or you would do. Here's how it went down. No, I have, uh, by the way, that's a big bastard too, man. That thing's running right at him. I've got it retweeted right now at Hammer and Nigel if you want to check that out. If we could replay the audio one more time, this is probably up there in great moments in chewing away bear history, I would think, right? <laughs> Sounds like you and I getting up from the studio chairs. <laughs> So if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Okay. Great moments in shooing away bears history. This is the guy that tried to scare away the bear by yelling like a bigger bear. (laughs) 
So the bear goes in this guy's backyard because they live, I think, in California. The family's out there playing. So that's the screams you hear when they run inside. And then he has to act like a bigger bear. Now, this woman took a very different approach. This was, I believe, in Tennessee, near the Smoky Mountains. She used her teacher voice and kind of gave the bear a lecture when he came up (laughs) to her back deck. Get down from there. Get down. Get down from there. Right now. Go. 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 You get down from my porch right now. Go. What do you think you're doing on my porch? You get down. Go. How dare you? (laughs) Several different ways that people shoo away bears, basically. But I think we all agree this has always been the number one seed of a March Madness-style tournament of shooing away bears, the guy that was on the hiking trail. He still wears the crown, for now, sure. He's I don't king. know if we've ever heard Allison shoo away a bear. Oh, Allison, yeah. get the microphone up here. Let's just say we're on the air and a big Kodiak just barges into the studio here. How do you scare it away? Shoo. Shoo, bear. Go away, bear. <laughs> well, we're dead. I'd take the teacher approach. Yep. I we have just something. been mauled to death by a bear. Yeah. Let's hear, let's hear the opposite. I want to hear you do a big one. Okay. Come on, like like the guy, the, like the photographers. <laughs> okay. You ready? <laughs> you know what that myself. reminded me of? <laughs> if you've seen the movie Bad Santa, where they're trying to teach Thurman Merman, the little nerd kid, to try to be tough and yell back to the bully, so they're teaching him to box. Yeah. And he goes, eh. <laughs> You sure know how to instill confidence, don't you? (laughs) We're already dead, Allison, because of your half-assed effort the first time of shooing away the Kodiak. Nige and I, we're being thrown around in shambles right now. But but that teacher, the one where the teacher's, get down from there, get. I mean, I say the same thing to my cat, Gary. How dare you? Gary gets on the kitchen table sometimes. Get, Get down. Get Gary, get out. Can I hear the teacher voice one, please, Allison? Yeah. The teacher trying to scare away the bear? Get down from there. Yeah, get down, get down from there. Yep. Right now. Go, 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 go. You get so down. So this was Allison's first right approach. So, <laughs> what do you think her. you're doing on my porch? You get down. Go. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I am more scared of her, how dare you, than right. Greta Thunberg's, how dare you, though. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, Today, it's National PTSD Awareness Day. Now, we've had a lot of folks come in here. Our friend Brian Alvey talks about PTSD from time to time. He's a military vet, yeah. Post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a real thing. It's a serious thing. And because of this, unfortunately, vets are committing suicide at record amounts right now. And I don't think it's anything to compare Right. So if you're somebody that has a job and you say, man, I've got PTSD from this job, unless it's going overseas where you're hearing gunfire and bombs, I kind of feel like it's inappropriate. And this takes us to this story from Iowa. An Iowa weather guy, 18 year meteorologist uh, Chris Gloninger, he announced that he was leaving the television business because he got a death threat. 
he keeps talking about uh, climate change in his forecast, and he's always talking about how climate change is going to be the end-all to be-all. Some idiot sent him a death threat, which I do not condone. But Mr. Gloninger here said that the criticism of his climate change reporting left him with post-traumatic stress disorder. Hmm. So I'm having a hard time making the connection of somebody jumping out of a plane, landing in Fallujah, and dealing with bad guys there, and a guy on television making a pretty good salary in an air-conditioned studio, both saying, oh, yeah, we've both got PTSD. I mean, I guess I would say the only thing I'd say is there's probably different levels of different types. I mean, I don't think PTSD is specifically reserved for the military. Right, right. I mean, you can have PTSD if you get in a serious car accident and you never want to get into a car again or something like that. Yeah, but that's I mean, not the same as being shell shocked, which used to be the no, old I understand, term, right? But, but but it's not PTSD is just not reserved for the military and you know in action in it's not just a military term. It's a medical, Technically, it's a medical you're term. right. But if you've got a bunch but of yeah, heart I mean, surgeons together and a dentist walks in, look at all of us doctors hanging out together. <laughs> like in the like in the hangover. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> no, you're a dentist. Yeah. You're not a doctor. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. And all around the world. Just watching this thing on Wish TV this morning while I was getting ready, Hammer. Talking about how, I mean, like the headline is, Hoosiers are, you you can expect higher grocery prices this summer. I had a whole thing about it. Like, if you have a uh, 4th of July cookout with 10 people, say, it's going to cost you 8% more than it did last year. So, so what if you have a open house coming for a recent yeah. high school graduate where you're going to be responsible for feeding a lot of people? Because this is the situation that we're in right now, and you're telling me that we haven't even got to the apex of the grocery prices yet? See, because that's really weird to me, because I'm old enough to remember just yesterday when Corinne Jean-Pierre basically said anybody that was complaining about grocery prices or travel costs, that was a myth. Because Americans, no, no. they feel better about their personal finances sure. because of Joe Biden. But look, 13 million jobs, again, uh, when you think about uh, how Americans feel better about their personal finances, that is important. When you think about wages are going up, when you think about the uh, really good-paying, millions of good-paying jobs, uh, that union jobs that his policies are going to create. Americans feel better about no, their do. personal finances because of Joe Biden. Wish TV, lo I mean, locally, doing a good job here, have ran two different stories over the past week about how grocery prices are skyrocketing, especially compared to a, a year ago. Margarine spiking 22.5% from a year ago. Flour, 17.5% more expensive than a year ago. Bread, 12.5%. Sugar, 11.5%. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on and on and on. I thought all this was went away, you know? I thought this was, I thought, uh, and by the way, what she said about wages, what do we always say about the show uh, on wages, right? Real wages continue to go down, and what real wages are is compared to the inflation yeah. that's out there right now, the amount of money you're bringing in, and that's down from a year ago. So not only are you getting a pay cut, crap costs more money. But according to ha, 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 that's just a big myth. So everybody should feel really good about their personal finances, and you should feel really good that 
the man leading this nation's economy is this guy. Get ready, Val. <laughs> You're going to enter a problem. <laughs> now, this is the same dude who yesterday... I don't know if he was trying to be funny or if this was a senior citizen moment. He's sitting at the table, world dignitaries around him, and he casually states that, you know, waiting for the press to come in, he was selling government secrets. I was just thinking, uh, uh, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. What the hell are you talking about? Is it a bad joke attempt? Or did he say the quiet part out loud? This is exactly what they're looking into. This is exactly why press members of the press are peppering KJP with questions about Hunter and Joe and the text message sent to the Chinese business executive. Hey, my dad's sitting right here. Where's the money? And then a week later, the money's in the account of the exact amount. Donald That's Trump's the- being indicted for yeah. what Biden just said out loud right there. And again, he's so old and feeble, you don't know if he's trying to make a joke or if he doesn't have his fastball and he's saying the quiet stuff out loud. Will you play that one more time, please, Miss Allison? I was just thinking, uh, uh, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. Nobody laughed because they could see him doing that. I was going to say it was crickets in there. (laughs) Is he being serious or uh, is he just rambling? I would have raised my hand. Again? (laughs) Isn't this kind of the whole point of you lawyering up in the first place, Joe? Uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams calling out Black Lives Matter for their silence on the black-on-black crime that's been taking place in New York, specifically during their Juneteenth celebration. Oh, a very violent day in New York City uh, on Juneteenth. A lot of places had violence going down. Here is New York City's Mayor Eric Adams. Juneteenth was uh, our celebration of emancipation and end of slavery. That was one of the most deadliest days in our city. Ten shootings, I think six homicides, uh, one 16-year-old boy shot in the head, uh, close range. You know, we have to be honest about this. You know what's interesting? All those anti-police folks didn't raise their voice at all. If black lives matter, black lives matter when innocent people are shot on our streets. And I'm not going to continue to remain silent. Well, you better get your uh, prosecutor, Alvin Bragg, on the on the case. It sounds like they we've got the same problem there as they do here. And 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 it's nice to know, you know, it's not nice, but I mean we're dealing with the same crap. I understand it, and it's a. By the way, just a side note, it's a little too easy. Sorry, Eric Adams, it's a little too easy to to call out BLM now that we all know that they're they're shady and corrupt. And it was a whole scam to begin with. So you're a little late to the party there. So, um, right. I mean, okay, fine, whatever. I will say this for Eric Adams. He's had some beef with the New York BLM organization, even as a candidate. There were some spirited back and forths that they had, if you remember. So he's not a big fan of that organization. But it is a little... 
insincere for him to act like you're going to be Mr. Johnny Tough Guy on crime right now. Between the job that you've done, or haven't done, I should say, with your prosecutors in the city, you're right, Nights. It's just like Indianapolis. Boss Hawk said to come out here and stomp his feet and slam his booze bottles on the ground and shake his <laughs> fist and say, we've got to make it a gun-free zone. Welcome to the party, Bal. Where were you at when the riots were taking place? Where was all this Johnny Tough Guy act previously? He was apologizing for the way the police acted during the riots. And if you were a business and you put yeah. boards up on your windows, you were the problem. You were shamed. You were sending yeah. the bad message to the rioters. And that's actually something that's happened here in this city. Um, how about this? Goodbye Pride Month. Hello, Summer of Pride. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Hello, here's Admiral Rachel Levine. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine, and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a Summer of Pride. Happy Summer of Pride. They get the, they get the whole summer? No. They get the whole summer now, apparently. So it's like the it's 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 so bizarre to me that like our military veterans they get basically two days out of the year. They get Memorial Day and Veterans Day. And they are, <laughs> but because because you're gay, you get the whole month. That's that's that's. Uh, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And I think the the Pride Month and or Pride in general has been co opted by certain radical extreme elements of the trans movement. And and I think uh, any any normal gay person will tell you that. I mean, what did we see? Uh, we, we talked about it yesterday. Those videos of pride parades going all around social media last weekend of grown ass men, grown ass hairy men in work boots and tidy whities and nothing else twerking in front of kids. You're lucky if that's During all the they were doing. Yeah, right. You're lucky if they had on the tidy whities. I, I bet there's probably an element of the gay community that doesn't like that crap. I think you're absolutely right. And <laughs> a full summer of pride. So let me run these by you here, Nige. What's a better summer? The summer of pride. We're coming for your children. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. That was the summer of pride. Let's go back to 2020. The summer of love. The protests in late spring were mostly peaceful, but damage from looting and arson will cost one to two billion dollars in claims. <laughs> That's according to the Insurance Information Institute. Yeah, sorry, they weren't mostly peaceful. Try again. So again, we're trying to figure out what's the better summer: the summer of pride, the summer of love, or the summer of George. I'm going to read a book <laughs> from beginning to end in that order. Yes. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> You mean golf? Rolf! Frisbee golf, Jerry! Golf with a frisbee! <laughs> this is going to be my time. Time to taste the fruits and let the juices drip down my chin. <laughs> I proclaim this the summer of joy! <laughs> so, Nige, those are your options. Which is a better uh, summer? I'm hanging out with George all summer, baby. <laughs> you know me. The summer of George, landslide winner. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Let's do a little booze news. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. What's in your lips? It's so good. 
thing right about 10 weeks ago they were under fire they lost its spot as america's top selling beer because they hired transgender influencer dylan mulvaney for some sort of online marketing campaign where they put his face dylan mulvaney pretend is a man that pretends to be a little girl and not only that but their marketing person Alyssa Heiderschneid. Who, uh, according to this article, is in an $8 million apartment close to Central Park, appeared on a podcast earlier this year in March to promote Bud Light's new marketing imaging. And she said the company, quote, needed to update its fratty image and change out uh, and change its out-of-touch humor. So basically slamming the, her customer base. Bud Light sponsors like the NFL draft. So you're going to tell me, Heiner Schneid, that you're going to look at all these red-blooded American football fans that probably have some fratty culture in them and say, we don't want you anymore? And, and uh, yeah, and as a side to that, if you remember, uh, there were images leaked online that showed Heiner Schneid <laughs> basically partaking in similar behavior she was criticizing during some sort of Harvard Social Club event where they're, you know, drinking, you know, drinking, holding condoms up to their mouths, just stuff like that. Fratty stuff. Right. Sorority sister stuff. So apparently after that all went after that all went down, they were placed on leave. Her and the guy that hired her. Daniel Blake was Daniel this guy's Blake, name. And her name was, I, just, I don't even know what her first name Alyssa. is. Alyssa. Alyssa. Allison, we need to uh, get you involved in this. In your your best loud, obnoxious yelling voice. What's this woman's last name? Heiner Schneid! <laughs> yeah! Well done! But according to this article in the Daily Caller, um, a source has said, if the source has said they are no longer with the company. They were originally placed on leave, but because, you know, if the company were to come out and say they were fired, that leads them to open for lawsuits. Okay. They are no longer with the company, her and the guy that hired her. So you're telling me after this disastrous, woke rollout of an ad campaign where they've lost billions in stock value, millions in dollars, and they're no longer the number one ranked beer, these people lost their jobs? Yep. Don Jr., your thoughts? No shit! <laughs> More booze news. By the way, just real quick, and I thought this was really interesting in this article. It says that the wholesalers of the distri- you know, the distributors, the beer, would have had an absolute, just gone nuts with Anheuser-Busch leadership if they did not remove those people. So it was real. It's a real thing that happened. And it wasn't just... And I went to the local liquor store the other day and asked my the lady behind the counter, hey, look, I know this is... You know, nationally, we, they, they talk about that, but have you noticed anything in this particular um, liquor store that you... Oh, yeah, definitely. We are down. The sales are down precipitously. I'd like to file this next story under, please do not try this. Okay. Okay. Please do not try this. A U.K. man went on vacation with his family in Jamaica, 
and he tried to do this challenge that involved drinking all 21 cocktails featured on the bar's menu. Whoa. He did that, and he died. Timothy, Timothy Southern, he finished 12 of the 21 cocktails on the menu when he went back to his hotel room at the uh, Club Caribbean in St. Anne, he died. And a pathologist in Kingston said the man's cause of death was due to alcohol consumption, and that was backed up by the coroner. So he didn't even make it to 21. Halfway. Halfway, basically. So please do not try this. You know... Where was he at? Oh, Jamaica. So there were there was a rash of deaths there. I feel like a few years ago in the in those Caribbean uh, countries. Jamaica, where, Cancun had a couple. Like where uh, Bahamas, where they you know the the customers would come down there, order drinks, or get drinks out of the mini bar in the hotel room, and the next day they don't wake up. Now, I'm willing to bet. I, I mean, yeah, twelve in a row, various cocktails. I wonder how long it took him. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't think I want to find out. And it's one thing I mean, to I've had twelve cocktails in a day before. Are you kidding me? Well, I have two, but, but not not one right after the other. One right after the other in a different place. Maybe they make their drinks a little stronger there. I don't know. I've never been to Jamaica before, but uh, I have. have you? I thought you went to. I thought you went for your honeymoon. No, I went to Cancun okay. for our honeymoon. Yeah, I went to Jamaica Sandals Resort for our honeymoon. How much weed did you smoke? Uh, I was offered it, but I did not smoke it. No, <laughs> we, we didn't really leave the leave the resort. I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock. The Hammer, you heard Harrison Silcox, uh, our news guy there at the top of the hour, mention somebody named Sarah Seymour. She is the uh, Brownsburg teacher, I guess I should say former Brownsburg teacher, who has been accused of making a special needs student eat his own vomit. Just a terrible story all around. Now, he did say something in that report that caught my ear I wasn't aware of. Uh, well, first of all, sure, the, the point of the story was that she had her teacher's license revoked. I think that's pretty much <laughs> obvious. Uh, but he said something at the end of that story that, uh, you know, raised an eyebrow. This woman, who again allegedly made a special needs student eat his own vomit, can petition to have her license reinstated in three years. The license got revoked last week. She's charged with a felony count of neglect of a dependent, misdemeanor count of failure to report, and she can get her license back in three years, or at the very least, petition. I think it all ultimately depends on what happens in the case, right? If it's a lock, stone cold lock, that she's guilty and she's got that felony on her record, that's going to be tough for anybody to agree to give her her license back. Yeah, but even, okay, so even if maybe it gets pled down and she doesn't have a felony, uh, but it's still on her record, you're telling me in three years there's a possibility of this person who is accused of doing some pretty heinous stuff of getting her license reinstated or teaching license? No way. I wouldn't even have the balls to do that if I were in her situation. I'd probably try to find a line, different line of work and get some serious help, some serious counseling. Now, for those who don't remember the 
details of this story. I don't want to. They're awful. It was a special needs student who was verbally challenged, couldn't really speak. And it wasn't just this woman. There were others involved in the story in Brownsburg that they had a problem with this student who had a history of eating so much food at lunch would throw up. Mm. Well, one day they made this child eat his own vomit. And this is one of the most heinous, disgusting things I've heard from a long time. And now there are so many questions about how long was this going on? Did Brownsburg know any more information? You know, were they trying to cover this up? Were they trying to keep it from the family? There's a lot of stuff we still don't know. Oh, yeah. Fair questions that need to be asked about this story. But, uh, but yeah, guess, this is awful. And I guess looking down the line after it's all said and done, the fact that she could petition to have her license reinstated or teaching license is, is ludicrous. There's no way anybody should ever give this person a license to be around kids ever again. And her losing her license, I don't want that to be the worst part about what's going to happen to this woman. Because if this is true, let the justice system run its course. I get all that. But there's video, right? There's video of yeah. this. I want this woman charged because this is heinous. This is awful. Well, she was charged. Well, I want her to officially be locked up. This woman needs to be behind bars. Absolutely. You can't do that to somebody who can't think for themselves or speak for themselves. Like, if you're not going to lock this horrible witch up, then who are you going to lock up? What are you going to do? Again, assuming everything plays out the way that it looks but there's video involved and multiple witnesses. Um, We also heard earlier that the National Weather Service has confirmed four tornadoes hit on Sunday. I I thought it was only two or three. We said... We heard three yesterday. yesterday. It's been upgraded to four. Uh, Surveys recorded tornadoes hit Johnson County and southwestern Monroe in Davies and northern Martin counties and in southern Martin and northern Du Bois counties. Now, the biggest ones, uh, the one that hit Johnson County, that took place from 4.13 p.m. until 4.23 p.m. This was 5.4 miles. That was the length, the maximum width of this tornado was 200 to 400 yards. So think about that. If a football field is 100 Ooh, yeah. yards, up to four football fields in length, the peak winds were 115, which would put that in the F2 category. It certainly was no joke. I mean, it it, it missed us. It missed, I think you kind of missed it. Um, but uh, to s- some of those outlier counties, man, they, they endured some heavy damage. I saw more pictures this morning on Wish. Um, over the past couple of days, they've been showing all the damage that was done. I mean, it's it was. I mean, it wasn't as bad, luckily, as the what was ex- we experienced a few months ago. But and it was still, I mean, <laughs> try telling that that doesn't make the people feel any better that it affected. And one of the other big ones took place in Southern Martin and Northern Du Bois County, yeah. 434 to 446. So this was just kind of outside of the WIBC listening area. Now, we got a pretty strong signal, but this was a little bit outside. Um, 
estimated peak winds were 120 miles an hour. Again, this was an F2. The maximum width of this storm, 565 yards wide. There was one injury and unfortunately one fatality mm-hmm. with this one that took place in Southern Martin and Northern Dubois County. Have you ever had to take evasive action, so to speak, during a severe thunderstorm where there was a possible tornado involved? Did you have to go to your bathroom and put your, you know, your head between your knees and take shelter? We've had to go to like different areas before. Yes. A number of years ago, there was a tornado that came through. If you remember, this was a day where the Indy 500 was taking place. Oh, yeah. And the Pacers also had a home playoff game that night. And a tornado came through. So, you know, we're at home. So we go down to the basement, you know, do all the things. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Any damage? No. No. Now, long time ago, our wedding reception hall got damaged by a tornado like a month before our wedding reception. So we had to scramble and find a new location. The only time, you know, (laughs) knock on wood here or whatever this crap is that we're sitting on uh, is was, I believe, a couple of months ago. We heard the sirens going off. The kids woke up in the middle of the night. What is that? What is going on? The storm and it was raging. I go, yeah, we better go down to the basement. And middle of the nights are so scary yeah. because you can't walk outside and really see right. a lot. Yeah, so we did that a few months ago, but five minutes later, we were back up. In well, <laughs> the kids ended up sleeping with mom, and I went to sleep on the bunk bed <laughs> after that because of the storm. So Are you the typical Indiana dad like I am to where you hear the sirens going off? You walk outside to see what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. I am, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, yeah. too. I got to admit, I'm a little leery of being struck by lightning. When it's, when it's you know, I'll sit in my garage, but I don't think I'm going to go go wander out in the middle of the driveway. Right. The street to take it all in. You're not going to hold up a metal sword <laughs> and just. <laughs> no. I had like a golf club in caddy. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, we haven't had one of these in a while. We have a lewd nude oh dude in the news. My. Here's another lewd nude dude in the news. Dateline, Miami, Florida. Body camera footage shows the arrest of a naked man accused of trying to steal a jet ski. <laughs> now, Keep this in mind. They see a lot of nudity in South Beach. Some folks, they think it's like a European environment. You'll see some nudity on a beach in South Beach. Not the kind you want to see, usually. Especially with this case. Here's the report from the ABC affiliate in Miami. According to the arrest form, the manager of the company that rents out those jet skis confronted the suspect, Yaakov Levi, who then allegedly grabbed a paddle and hit him over the head. He then ran into the water where the situation went from bad to worse. Officers on a Marine unit tried to reach him, but he was still combative and at one point even took off his swim trunks. He began making lewd gestures, splashing officers, (laughs) and throwing sand at them. Well, even when Levi was brought back to shore, he continued kicking and swinging his... The 47-year-old was booked into jail on a number of charges, including aggravated battery, resisting arrest with violence, and grand theft. He was making lewd gestures towards the cops while he was naked on the jet ski. Yeah, come and get me, baby! (laughs) 
I'm the, doing the helicopter right now, baby. The flapjacks. Come boy, on. the folks on the YouTube stream just got a treat right there. Can you isolate my favorite part of that whole thing, Allison? Well, even when Levi was brought back to shore, he continued kicking and swinging his... <laughs> I don't know what we can and can't say here, so we bleeped it out just to be sure. What did she say? Did she just did she use the anatomically correct word for correct? Crank? Yes, a word that rhymes with Venus. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if we could play it or not, so oh. we beeped it out. Just real quick. This has been another lewd, nude, dude okay. in the. You said word that rhymes with Venus, and I want to ask everybody this. I want to know if anybody else has heard this. My kids are now telling me that this portion of uh, your elbow. Like the little skin at the, the end? skin at the end of your elbow. Like when you pulled your arm straight, it kind of sags a little bit. My kids claim that is called your weenus. No way. That's not a weenus. Allison, Allison have you heard that? Yeah, growing up in elementary school, that's what I was... Uh, you have! I've heard the rumor. I don't know if it's true, but the, as a kid, that's always the, been hilarious. The fleshy part of your elbow. Maybe we should type it... Can you type it in Google real quick? Screw that. Call Dr. Box, Allison. <laughs> Get over there on the hotline. I want you to call Dr. Box right now. <laughs> call the health commissioner and say, is the fleshy part of your elbow actually indeed... The medical term is a weenus. Weenus. <laughs> There's no way that could be real. I've never heard that, but there's no way. No possible way. You, have you typed it in yet? According to uh, Merriam-Webster, it is a slang word for the excess or loose skin. Oh, come the on. The so this isn't even in the Urban Dictionary. That's the Webster, Merriam-Webster Dictionary? The That's real correct. dictionary has yep. weenus oh. in it. <laughs> You learn something I new every day. I, I learned it from my kids. I learned it from watching you. <laughs> wow. Ever and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer is this anything. How do we play it? Well, I'm going to run a couple different stories by you. You simply tell me if the story in question is anything or not. So there's a road rage situation here between this gray-haired older guy and a cyclist. And it sounds like the gray-haired older dude has had just about enough of the cyclist. Really? The cyclist keeps referring to a specific road rule that allows him to ride his bike in the same lane as cars. And then he points out the painted bike logo is in the middle of the traffic lane here. Take a listen and let me know what you think. Tough guy. You want to be a tough Call guy? You're not so tough right now, are Call you? Call the cops. You're not so tough, are you, small guy? You're short I'm following the guy. law. You're not following the law. You're a tiny little man. Vehicle code. My name is your worst enemy. I'm your huckleberry, buddy. <laughs> you short little hunk. You come through this town thinking you're really cool on your bike, like you own this lane. Look at the bike lane is on this it's side. Called it's called Cheryl. Right in the middle of the street. Cheryl, I get Cheryl. I get but that you entire came lane. Around me like this. You, you came blocked around. my way. You I didn't block my way. way. I honked my horn because <laughs> you were way over in our lane. No, that's my lane. No, it's, it's not Cheryl. your lane. You're lucky today, buddy. Law, you're am. lucky today. What's your name? My name is your worst enemy. <laughs> You own the road? I don't own the road. See that sign right there? That's Shero. Huh? Shero. See that symbol right there? I don't give a 
<laughs> yeah, that's something that was awesome. Oh, that old guy giving it to this young cyclist. I, look, yeah, obviously bicycles are allowed on the road. I do get annoyed sometimes. Like, I'll see guys on, like, like, like the professional grade 10 speeds on the road when there's a bike path just to the right. They got the spandex on yeah, and, and all they're, that. They're, they're doing it the road. big. But they're allowed to do that. I would never, you know, given the choice, riding my bike on the road or the or the path that's right next to it. I, I go the path every time. But these guys are like serious cyclists. Right. They don't, they, the road is in better shape than the path usually, and that's why they do that. So, I do I, feel like there are some cyclists, though, that are looking for that type of interaction. Like you said, sometimes there's a path nearby that's wide open or like a major stretch of sidewalk or something and a busy road. They'll want intentionally to make you go around them because they want the attention. I think that's a thing. That's just my opinion. Is this anything? The mother and wife of two of the victims of the Titan accident that left five people dead is speaking out about the husband and son that she lost. Oh, man. Here is Christine Dawood talking about how she was originally supposed to be on that sub with her husband, but then she gave it up to her son. Shazana was so excited to go down. He was like a little child. He had this ability of childlike excitement. So they both were so excited. It was supposed to be Shazada and I going down and but then I stepped back and gave the space to Suleiman because he really wanted to go yeah that's something first of all it flips the narrative on the head that the kid didn't want to go we all heard that rumor, right? Right. The he just was, went to make his dad happy. Exactly. He didn't want anything to do with it. He was scared. So now the mom is saying that it was actually me that was supposed to go, but I let him go instead. And and that's, you know, then we what happened happened. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, I don't. And I also read that um, who's the big time social media uh, or YouTube guy, like the biggest Mr. Beast. Have you heard of Mr. Beast, Allison? Do you know who Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast was supposed to be on that. Um, Titan submarine submersible as well, and he decided not to go. Should I know who that is? I just learned what a weenus is. I have no <laughs> idea who Mr. Beast is. The only reason I know who he is because my kids watch him sometimes on YouTube. Is so, this? Yeah, but that's something. That's 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 sad, and uh, that is you know who what parent wouldn't trade places in a second with their kid? Yep. Is this anything? FedEx was named in a lawsuit accusing them of rolling back the odometers of thousands of their trucks before they were sold. No way. This would be the largest odometer fraud scheme in American history. Here's Tom Layton, the used truck dealer that discovered the fraud, talking about what he found. Over the last several years, I've noticed that some of the commercial trucks that have been going through my dealership had uh, issues with the odometers. Uh, the FedEx contractor contacted me and said, hey, what are you trying to pull here? And I said, what's wrong? And he said, I took this into Freightliner and had the vehicle hooked up to their computer, and it has over 400,000 miles, and your odometer says 180,000 oh, miles. Oh, wow, that is big. That's a major offense too. I mean, for, for a company like FedEx to be involved in that, who's got infinite amounts of money to, to risk odometer fraud. Right. So I guess you could plug your FedEx truck up to the computer and can tell you how many miles it really has on it versus what the odometer actually says. 
Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they learned it from Cameron and Ferris and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Just put it in reverse. <laughs> Why didn't they do that? <laughs> they, they, put a, they use a jack, jack up both the wheels of the rear, put a brick on the uh, on the gas pedal and throw uh-huh. it in reverse. Yep. There's problem solved. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. There was really any way Kevin McCarthy is going to impeach Attorney General Merrick Garland. <laughs> Comes right down to it. This is all over the weaponization uh, of the Department of Justice. The two IRS whistleblowers testifying in front of Congress uh, that the Department of Justice's decisions in the Hunter Biden probe were influenced by politics, slow walking the charges that the lawyer, the appointed special prosecutor, wanted to charge Hunter Biden with. Now, now, House Speaker McCarthy saying they're going to impeach Mayor Garland over this. Okay. Should Merrick Garland be impeached? Absolutely. Do the Republicans have it in them? No, 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 no. Merrick Garland could walk up to a a hearing, a congressional hearing, buck naked with nothing but a gavel in his hand that says, I hate Republicans, (laughs) and he's swinging it around, and there'll be some Republican that's like, well, I just think it's too soon. We can't do that. (laughs) No, no. Because the Republicans are weak, and this is what they do, and this is why they've been losing elections. I mean, the the, the Democrats were in lockstep with each other with two sham impeachments for Donald Trump. No question about it. I mean, they got it done. I mean, I mean, just like that. And uh, now we have, uh, we were talking about uh, impeaching uh, Mayorkas, uh, a Homeland Secretary, uh, who's been doing a miserable job at the border. Uh, there was the uh, Freedom Caucus that wanted to, or Lowen, Bo- I guess, Boebert specifically, that wants to impeach Joe Biden. They didn't have the stomach for that. Uh, I, I just kind of see the same thing happening. I hope I'm wrong. I, I do too, but we've seen this movie before. A lot of tough talk, a lot of sound bites and zingers, and we'll play the sound bites back on this show. But when it's all said and done, Merrick Garland's going to go home, eat a steak, not be a Supreme Court justice, and continue doing a horrible job <laughs> because the Republicans don't have it in them. Democrats play for keeps, Republicans try to be nice. And that's the problem right now. This is why they've been getting their panties handed to them in election after election. And don't tell me, well, they they took over the House in the midterms. Barely. It should have been a landslide in the midterms. Look at all the material you've got in front of you. But the lack of ground game, the lack of toughness is why these Republicans keep losing. And I'm saying this as somebody that votes Republican. This is a problem. If you can't criticize your own, you, I mean, what are you doing? You got to be honest. This is a problem, and it concerns me about 2024. I mean, I do think the the IRS whistleblower with uh, the the text from Hunter Biden to his Chinese business partner, some energy oligarch in China, about, hey, look, I got my dad right here, and you haven't paid us yet. Where is it? And then a week or two later, wow, the money's in the bank. That's a problem for the Bidens. The press corps has started peppering the uh, the White House press secretary about these things. And then, lo and behold, voila, we have this tr- 
uh, this this tape leaked from the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland of uh, Donald Trump talking about classified and declassified documents. And oh, by the way, another wow. 500 million going to Ukraine that absolutely, positively, in no way probably quiets them down just a little you don't bit. say. Uh, man, a lot going on with Donald Trump. We played the audio earlier, that 90-second or so audio clip that came out of Donald Trump. Was he showing classified documents to people in a room? Did he know they were classified or unclassified? That's a big deal. But this, this story, I don't know if he's going to be able to recover from, Nigel. Trump? This may be the thing that does Donald Trump in. Samuel L. Jackson has called him a redneck. No. The the actor? (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson in a new interview. Like snakes on a plane? Yes. Pulp Fiction, Sam Jackson? Says that he sees in former President Trump the same rednecks who hurled racial slurs at him as a kid. Quote, when I grew up in segregation, I knew which white people didn't want to be bothered with me, and I knew how they felt about me. When I see Trump, I see the same rednecks I saw growing up, those who tried to keep me in my place. That is what the Republican Party is to me. They're doing it to young people, gay people. They don't care who you are. If you're not them, you're the enemy. That's so disingenuous. Give me a break. First of all, Sam Jackson's 75 years old. So if you're getting called racial slurs when you're in college age in the 60s, uh, it's probably a Democrat that's calling you that. It's the, the KKK was organized by Democrats. And for him to kind of implicate that it's it's worse today than it is that it was back then is just ridiculous. Tim and, Scott and, would like to have a word with you. Absolutely. And I, I encourage, I mean, Donald Trump signed one of the biggest pieces of prison reform legislation disproportionately affecting uh, African-Americans incarcerated uh, during his time as president. Yeah, it holds no water. It's just the blah, 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 blah. Same old thing. Over the weekend, Ice Cube put out a long video on social media. Basically, and he wouldn't come out and say it. He kind of danced around it. But the Democratic Party has done nothing for the black community. And, you know, because if you remember, Ice Cube put together this contract for black America that he wanted to work with folks on. Donald Trump met with him. Donald Trump was open to it. Joe Biden just kind of gave him the old Heisman Trophy stiff arm and went and hide and hid in his basement. Uh, But on the subject of Samuel L. Jackson, great moments in Samuel L. Jackson history. This is when he was doing a media tour for some movie or something he has coming out. And I think this was in South Carolina. I could be wrong. Whoever their entertainment reporter is got him confused for Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I tell you what, you working for Marvel, the Super Bowl commercial. Did you get a lot of reaction to that Super Bowl commercial? What Super Bowl commercial? Oh, you know what? I've been my mistake. I, you see, know what? See, you're, you're as crazy as the people on Twitter. Right. I'm not Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> oh, That's 
my fault. Oh, I know my. that. That was my fault. Uh, my mistake. You know what? We don't all look alike. <laughs> black and famous. You are guilty. I am, I, I am guilty. Um, I, am I am guilty. He thought guilty, you were guilty. Bob Dylan. Right. <laughs> You're the entertainment reporter. I know. You're the entertainment reporter right. for this station. Vlog. And you don't know the difference between me and Lawrence Fisher? My, my mistake. Uh, my mistake. I apologize. Great moments in Samuel L. Jackson oh, history. Pretty good. <laughs> so where are we at uh, with this here, Nige? Biology professor at a Texas community, Texas community college claimed that he was fired for religious preaching to the students. Hmm. Now, the religious preaching that's being questioned was he told his biology class that sex is determined by X and Y chromosomes. And that wasn't good enough for these students. They claimed he was pushing religion on them, and the dude lost his gig. How is teaching biology uh, pushing religion on people by saying, yeah, sex is determined by the X and Y chromosome? He had been a teacher there for 20 years. basic stuff. That's what I had learned. That's like one of the first things in biology I learned when I was a kid. Four students walked out of his lecture hall <laughs> when he said sex was uh, determined by the X and Y chromosomes. I weep for the future, man. Here's an interview uh, that he did with someone talking about the religious teachings he allegedly pushed on kids. They wrote you a letter and they said there were several reports of, and I'm, uh, this is in quotes now, religious preaching, yeah. discriminatory, discriminatory comments about homosexuals and transgender individuals, and anti-abortion rhetoric and misogynistic banter. Did that happen in your classroom? No. Did the letter include any examples? No. Uh, the thing is, what they said is that uh, my teaching was offensive and uh, unacceptable. That's only two words that they use. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Teaching biology. Right. Sex is determined by the X and the Y chromosome. That may be literally the first thing you learn when you're uh when you take biology in junior high this wasn't a math class this wasn't some sort of world history class this was biology (laughs) and the dude's been there 20 years but now students are walking out when you say sex is determined by the x and y chromosomes one more story about what's happening in college here this is from the new york times a harvard behavior scientist was doing a big study on honesty, right? How honest are people? Well, now she's been put on administrative leave because it turns out she lied about the data in the report. (laughs) Harvard Business School's Francesca Gino allegedly chalked up phony results tied to studies, including one focused on honest behavior. And again, this is from the New York Times. She's placed on leave, and according to the Business School webpage, uh, she's still listed as of mid-May. Boy, you you lie about the results of some study, you get fired, but you lie about your American Indian heritage uh, there at Harvard, they'll promote you straight to the top. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they'll give you grants and scholarships, and they'll let you work all the way through. Which this brings us to great moments in the lying. Remember when Ari was our producer, we sent him out the day after Donald Trump came out with his immigration plan and we had Ari just lie and make stuff up <laughs> and see how many people he could get to believe it. The Hammer and Nigel show presents great moments in lying. 
So yesterday, uh, the president kind of unveiled his, his immigration plan. And one of the more controversial points, I'm sure you heard about this, was how he said he wanted to deport people like immigrants like Justin Bieber and Jennifer Lopez. I mean, when you heard that, what was your thought about that? They are actually really influential to our country, and I've done a lot here. And I've been really successful. So, I mean, they're not from here, but... They've done a lot for this Lopez so. was born in New York. Yesterday, the president revealed his immigration plan, but the real controversial point of it, I don't know if you heard about this, is that he specifically mentioned uh, deporting immigrants like Justin Bieber and Jennifer Lopez. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, that, that'd be fine. <laughs> Bieber, you know, oh, get the hell out of here. Yeah, the guy's acting acting a fool, man. He's got some bunch of DUIs and whatnot or <laughs> stuff like that. I don't think I don't think they allow that up in Canada. I feel like Jennifer Lopez, you know, she kind of has a right to stay. Yeah, yeah, she's Puerto Rican, isn't she? <laughs> Great moments. <laughs> And lying. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. So this is a headline from Indianapolis via Fox News. This got national attention, what happened here. This man's dude uh, mugged a woman at gunpoint, then slid into her DMs to ask for a date. <laughs> oh, no. Um... <laughs> She, I mean, she was shaken up, obviously. She's being robbed outside of her house. And then the suspect, the guy wanted to message her on Facebook and ask her out on a date. Here's Amber Baron telling uh, her story to RTV6. I had a man come up to me and try to rob me at gunpoint after I had got off work late one night. Court documents state Boyce then pointed his gun at her and told her to add him on Facebook. And I thought maybe if I added him on Facebook, that would be it. And he'd, he'd leave and he did. Court documents show after that friend request, he left. But that's not where their exchange ends. Instead, the DM started flowing. Court documents show Facebook messages between Boyce sent to Baron where he said he's going to pay her back. She was too pretty to rob. But then he continued to message me on Facebook the next day. He then made his move, asking her to come chill. I just can't understand the thought process of somebody who would... And he was ultimately charged in the armed robbery, held on $7,500 bond. Here's what everybody needs to know about Damian Boyce. Just a week before this armed robbery, he was arrested for a separate armed robbery on June 12th. He allegedly got into an argument and shot two people and hit another one in the head with a brick. And lo and behold, he was back out on the street thanks to, oh, probably liberal progressive judges, maybe throw Ryan Mears in there. You mean a criminal was back out on the streets in Indianapolis? Can you believe it? I can't. Now, by the way, I'm looking at Amber Braun on Facebook. I found her profile. Sure enough, Damian Boyce is still a friend. (laughs) Wouldn't you have blocked this dude by this point? I may have gotten rid of that friend request. And if you have been blocked by Amber Baron, how horrible are you that you have been blocked, but (laughs) Damian Boyce is still a friend of hers? It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! So an audio tape, presumably leaked to CNN... Uh, shows Donald Trump saying that he's shared classified documents to multiple people in a room. How does CNN get the scoop of all this stuff? I mean, 
I mean, they knew Roger Stone was getting raided by the FBI before Roger before the FBI did. I think they were there. They were camping out at Stone's house, waiting for the FBI to get there. So again, this audio tape that Caitlin Collins of CNN released on her Twitter feed and on the air last night, we're going to play you a little bit of it. This is kind of a watered down version. The real version is like a minute forty almost two minutes long. This is down to about a minute, but this is what you need to know. I want you to listen and see what you think, because Donald Trump alluding that he's sharing military documents, possibly classified, to multiple people in a room, and then he kind of mentions that he knows that he should have classified these ahead of time. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Wait a minute. Let's see here. Yeah. I just found. Isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Except it is like highly confidential, secret. This is secret information. Look! Look at this. These are the papers. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. No, I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Trumpet trouble here, Nige. No, I think uh, I think they lawyers need to get aggressive and start going to the judge and say, look, you put a gag order on this whole thing. Why is this out here? Throw it out. I mean, seriously, the, the Department of Justice is supposed to be the secure lockdown mode. Oh, no, we can't tell you anything about Hunter Biden. It's still under as an ongoing investigation. And yet a few days after the indictment drops down, we have which there were, we already knew this was in the indictment. We already had the transcript. It's just in audio form now that it got leaked out. Um, I, I, it didn't look good for him, but I don't know the context here. I don't know the beginning and the end. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you listen to the whole thing at the very end of this thing. He goes, oh, yeah, can you bring us a couple of Cokes, please? <laughs> That's in the full, full clip, which we played earlier. I mean, I, and especially, again, the whataboutism here is... It, what Hillary Clinton did and the lengths that she went to, the size and scope of her obstructing justice, hiding emails, bleaching servers, and, and nothing was done here. The same with Joe Biden. He has classified documents when he was a senator at his house, which he shouldn't have had. But yet Donald Trump, I, I don't know, man. I mean, the, 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 the Department of Justice... Somebody said this on Twitter. I saw this, and it made total sense. The Department of Justice is prosecuting Trump for sharing information with a reporter when the Department of Justice itself shared the same information with CNN. So uh, you're if, right. If you, believe, and if you believe they leaked it to CNN. There's 
two sets of justice going on, and we all know this, but just focusing on this, this could be trouble for Donald Trump. Because let's be honest, he's not going to get any breaks from the Department of Justice. He's just not. And even though this trial will be in Miami, it will be in Florida, rather, this is going to be tough because you go back, I think it was a week ago, he sat down with Brett Baer and he said that he did not show any classified documents to individuals without security clearances. And his argument was it was just newspaper articles and other documents that he was showing. When I'm not president, I can't declassify. And that's what you said. You didn't I said declassify that. it. I said, no, no. I said I couldn't declassify could it. That wasn't a document, Brett. There was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying what the indictment says. Well, they, the recording people, and the look, people in the room who these testified. These people are very dishonest people. They're thugs. They're thugs. If you look at what they've done to other people, what they've done to, and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court. These are thugs. Now, listen, if it's a document from Milley breaking down how he really wants to invade Iran, that's probably not from a newspaper. That's probably not some other document. So this is going to be a problem for Donald Trump here. Now, the wild card he could have is the fact that this was leaked to CNN If they can prove that this was leaked from the Department of Justice to CNN, he could be basically freed on a technicality. And that's what Steve Ducey was talking about this morning. The leaking of this particular tape, when you look at what uh, Jillian just said, where she said... um, Trump uh, posted on True Social, the deranged special prosecutor, Jack Smith, working in in conjunction with the DOJ and FBI, illegally leaked and spun a tape and transcript of me, which is actually an exoneration. So you know what? If, If Trump thinks it's an exoneration of him, perhaps somebody on his side actually did the leaking to CNN and Maggie Haberman. Oh, tinfoil hat from Ducey right there. So if the argument is, if you can prove that it was leaked from the special counsel to CNN. And you can spin that audio as you're not guilty of exactly what they're accusing you of. Maybe we leak it out there. We frame Uh them for doing it. There's so much crap going on here. There's been so many leaks of documents and leaks of of Trump's testimony and audio. It's, It's so blatantly clear. That it's coming from the government. The Trump lawyers need to file, you know, prosecutorial misconduct. They need to have this thing dismissed. It's so obvious where this is coming from. And by the way, like buried in all of the the lead headlines here, the fact that Milley wanted to invade Iran against the president's wishes, this should be a bigger story. The military, led by one of the woke all stars currently employed, wanted to basically start a war. And Donald Trump was like, no, we're not going to do this. That in itself is a big story. Uh, Top Biden economic advisor, Lael Brainerd, did a press conference at the White House. I'm sure that was a real scorcher. Try not to laugh. Okay, everybody, if you've got coffee or drink, you might want to put it down. They claim real wages are up. Real incomes are up, especially for lower income workers. Real incomes are up. 
George Costanza, your thoughts. Just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. (laughs) Every single month since that big stimulus, that $1.9 trillion stimulus was passed, real weekly wages have fallen every single month since that happened. The real wages, again, this is your money compared to the cost of living, the cost of inflation, the cost of goods and services, is down, and it's been down every single month since the stimulus went into play. Hell, Wish TV just had an article or a story on this morning. I was watching, I was getting ready. The grocery prices are up even more than they were. Like, you're paying 8% more for a July 4th cookout for a party of 10 than you did last year. And even CNN is getting a little, I don't want to say squeamish when it comes to reporting about Joe Biden's economy, but take a listen to this. This was CNN earlier earlier today questioning Bidenomics. White House bring out some new messaging in its effort to tout the president's handling of the economy. Bidenomics is what they're calling it. Biden will be in Chicago tomorrow. He's expected to speak on this and we're told underscore recent job gains and low unemployment. But the president is facing some serious headwinds. Not only do polls suggest voters are skeptical of him on the economy, but there's also the nagging threat of a potential recession. That was not the five. That was not uh, anything on Fox News or Newsmax. That was Poppy Harlow on CNN questioning the Biden economy right now. So earlier today, the fine folks at the Justice Department confirmed that Jeffrey Epstein died by suicide. Oh, well, okay. That's that. We're we're all done here. I mean, if the Justice Department says it, I mean... They would not lie to you. No, they would never lie to us. They would never uh, put uh, put parents who just show up at school board meetings on domestic terrorist watches. No. They would never leak audio to CNN never. of Donald Trump in an indictment. And they certainly would never lie to us about how Jeffrey Epstein died. The report found errors and mismanagement at the Manhattan jail. What they found was largely unexplained succession of events that took place that allowed for Mr. Epstein to kill himself uh, for reasons that remain unclear. And again, this is from the report. The jail's staff members allowed Mr. Epstein to hoard extra blankets and linens and bedding and clothing. And despite the fact he had tried to hang himself earlier, he still had access to all of these things. And coincidentally, the cameras did not work and the staff members weren't there. (laughs) There's nothing to see here, everybody. Nothing to see here. Well, when you put it like that. This rationale from the Justice Department about Epstein's air quotes, suicide, reminded me of that scene in Animal House where Flounder's car was destroyed and they were trying to come up with a reason, number one, to cheer up Flounder, and number two, a reason to pass it off to other people. I'll tell you what, I'll swear you were doing a great job taking care of his car, but you parked it out back last night and this morning it was gone. DA takes care of the wreck. We reported to the police. Your brother's insurance company buys him a new car. Will that work? Hey, it's got to work better than the truth. It's got to work better than the truth. (laughs) That's all really the Department of Justice said about the Epstein suicide. It was just an amazing series of events. It's got to work better than the truth. Are you really okay? Are you okay? Everything's going to be okay. Are you okay? 
Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm pretty f***ing far from okay. Whoa! Are you okay with this? On the Hammer and Nigel show. Oh, yeah! Ryan Seacrest is the new Wheel of Fortune host after Pat Sajak announced his retirement next year. Are you okay with this? You know what? This may anger a lot of people. I'm good with this. I'm okay with this. Ryan Seacrest, man, say what you want about him, but in a society where seemingly nobody wants to work, he wants all the work. He's Yeah, I mean, everything. He's a hustler. He's a grinder. He goes after everything. You can be jealous all you want. Do I like everything that he's done? No. But this is a dude that took advantage of being in the right place at the right time and became a star from this. So he has now signed a multi-year deal to replace Pat Sajak to be the host of the Wheel of Fortune. I've got nothing but uh, nice things to say about Ryan Seacrest. You know what? I think the way they tape these things, too, these I think they do a bunch in a row for a couple of days, and then you're off the rest of the month. So they, they tape as many as they can, and they bank them, and then you're off. So you're only working a few days a week out of the month. Right. And keep in mind, the host of Wheel of Fortune, as good as Pat Sajak was, and I do put him on the Mount Rushmore of Game Show host, it's not like your Bob Barker where you have to interact constantly and sometimes you're making putts and sometimes you're playing games. You kind of stand there. <laughs> just stand there. And you see if there's an R on the board. Is there, Allison, does, I mean, is there a younger demographic that's watching Wheel of Fortune now? I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, do you have any interest? I mean, you're in your way, late 20s? Yeah, I personally don't when it comes to the wheel, but I mean, I don't know. Price I like how she just called so it the fun. wheel. Uh, That's what the cool kids yeah, do. Yeah, I, no, I don't really watch the wheel anymore. <laughs> Too old for this. All right, I want to get to this here. Uh, Adele paused her show at Caesar's Palace to ask concert goers whether they'd visit the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean if given the opportunity. How crazy was that some first of all story? Absolutely crazy. It's so tragic. But I have been debating with my friends on our group chats. Everyone's like, I would never do that. But that's a lie, because a lot of people will do that. Just because we're not scientists doesn't mean we're going to do it, but you know. So I just, I want to do a vote of, not, not as in like with, not in mind of what happened, because that was so sad and so tragic. But before this week, how many people, if they could, would go down to the very, very bottom of the ocean to see the Titanic? Raise your hands. See, I knew it. You okay with uh, Adele stopping her show and talking about that? Just shut up and sing hello. <laughs> These people paid so much freaking money. <laughs> this is one of the most expensive shows in the history of Las Vegas. Tickets are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You've got on a big suit. Your date's got on a, an amazing evening gown. You go in there, and she's talking about grim death at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Nothing yeah. gets a crowd rocking and rolling yeah. like talking about the submersible disaster. <laughs> 
I get that an Adele show's not like going to see Kiss, that she's going to be a songstress, but my God, you go to Vegas for entertainment. You go to Vegas to escape a lot of this bull crap, and you go on stage, and there's Adele talking about people and families <laughs> dying. No, I am not yeah. okay with this at all. Shut up and sing Rumor Has It, chick. <laughs> exactly. Right. I didn't pay all this money. And real quick, speaking of the Titanic... Netflix is actually facing some backlash for announcing it's bringing back the movie to its platform July 1st, so soon after the tragedy with the submersible. Are you okay with this? Yes, I'm okay with this because, number one, Netflix... They don't just decide last minute what they're bringing back. They have it lined up months and months and months in advance. And number two, they're a business. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people, whether it's sick or not, that will be watching the Titanic because it's been in front of them so much lately. They're not in the charity game. It's a business. Yes, I'm okay with this. I'm fine with this. People need to lighten up just a little bit. You people disgust me. Hammer and Nigel. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Old flip-flopping Fauci retired from his uh, public service after 50 years and now is taking a gig at Georgetown University. So, uh, you know, Fauci was a disaster during the AIDS crisis. He was a disaster on COVID, wrong at every turn on both counts and come on in and teach the next generation of med students come on fauci it's all your i mean you remember like everybody was so scared of aids that like if you touched another person that had aids that's a result of fauci's fear-mongering back in the day because he thought he, he thought the vaccine a vaccine was an answer for aids and never uh, and that never went through never followed through on that um so much wasted lives and and so much time wasted on that whole thing and the the same thing with covid we were he had us believing that that we needed to wipe down our groceries as they were being delivered to us in quarantine they made up six feet apart they knew these masks wouldn't do anything and they kept going with it and what cracks me up is when folks on the far left accuse trump supporters of being in a cult you're in a cult cult 45 i can't believe you idolize this guy they do the same thing to dr fauci the same thing and speaking of vaccines they didn't live up to what they were promised to either in terms of covid no so so twice, twice in a row with the vaccines with aids and covid and now and now he's gonna teach incoming medical students the next generation Colleges are where failed politicians go to die. And I count Fauci as a politician. We had a story, what, two weeks ago that Lori Lightfoot, who was so bad in Chicago, she finished third in the primary, (laughs) not some sort of general, the primary, that she's got some cush Ivy League teaching job now. What are you going to teach kids? How to be a hypocrite and ruin a city? (laughs) What's Fauci going to teach these kids? How to properly say droplets? Droplets! So, Corrine Jean-Pierre, White House Press Secretary, she had the day off today. So, Olivia Dalton stepped up to the plate. This is another girl with really red hair. (laughs) And she claims that Joe Biden 
has properly dealt with our border situation. With respect to immigration, you know, this president came into office introducing a comprehensive immigration reform, uh, sought and received and was able to uh, obtain record border security funding, uh, was able to put in, set, uh, put in place a series of policies that expanded legal pathways for migration, um, that dealt with our border situation, and has now resulted in a significant decrease in unlawful border crossings since the lifting of Title 42. And he's done all of that without the help of Republicans governors around the country or Republican lawmakers in Congress. Oh, she, look at the end. Listen to her at the end there. She's like patting herself on the back for reading straight off the Democrat talking points she was given. Now, to be fair, if she was reading off a prompter, she would deserve a pat on the back because Joe can't even do that. Right. Um, here she is when she was asked about if the White House thinks that, you know, there's a problem that so many Americans grade the administration poorly on handling of the economy. First on the economy, you and this White House continues to point out that on individual issues that have been passed and that are being implemented, they are popular with the American public. Why does the White House think consistently, however, that Americans grade the president so poorly on his handling of the economy? Well, look, I just said that we're uh, just starting to feel the impact of the president's economic agenda over the last couple of years. We're just yeah. now feeling the economic impact. Boy, get ready, Bal. Buckle up. If we're just now feeling the impacts of this failed economic plan, just like we talked about earlier, wait another couple months. See what your grocery bill's like here in another couple months. There's still, it's, it's again, <laughs> the grocery prices are through the roof. That's just one example. Uh, through the roof. Wish TV ran this article today and did a news piece on how your July 4th barbecue will be 8% more expensive than it was last year. And then went and rattled off a ton of stuff, a bread up 12%, uh, milk, eggs, everything still, still through the roof. So... It seemed like everything was going pretty smoothly at this press conference. Olivia Dalton was up there handling the things instead of KJP. But then, almost as like the encore, like sometimes you go to a concert and the really awesome bands will play their most popular song last, right before they walk off the stage. Yeah. The encore. The encore for a Biden administration press conference is um, announcing more stuff going to Ukraine. Um, today, the Biden-Harris administration <laughs> is announcing a new security assistance package for Ukraine as we continue to stand with the people of Ukraine as they defend themselves from Russia's brutal invasion. This package includes key capabilities that will support Ukraine's counteroffensive operations, such as mine clearing equipment, armored vehicles, and artillery rounds. We love you, DC. Good night. Thank you, everybody. So, this is a $500 million uh, security package going to Ukraine. And I'm really excited. I'm pumped up, Nige. I can't wait to see these bad boys in action with the Mexican cartels. <laughs> right. Four volunteers have yeah. just entered a virtual Mars created by NASA. What? And they won't come back for over a year. Did you see this? What do you mean? Like uh, the movie Biodome with 
with with uh, Stephen Baldwin and Polly Shore? That's kind of what NASA made here, <laughs> except for instead of the biodome, it's Mars, it's like, like a simulated Mars. You got to be kidding me! So they're they're locked in this facility for a year that simulates the conditions on Mars. No, thank you. Three hundred and seventy. Eight days. That's how long these folks will be locked into this environment. The participants are research scientists Kelly Haston, structural engineer Ross Brockwell, emergency <laughs> medicine physician Nathan Jones, and U.S. Navy microbiologist Anka Salaru. Ross Brockwell's the best porn name ever. <laughs> now, if this really were the biodome, could you totally see U.S. Navy microbiologist Anka Salaru giving the same speech that Stephen Baldwin gave about <laughs> photosynthesis in a strange environment. Purple sticky punch or hemp is an excellent source of photosynthesis. <laughs> Loved Biodome. I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. It totally reminds me of Biodome. Is that the signature movie for Pauly Shore or was it Son-in-Law? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, honestly, probably, I think he's probably best known for MTV. I mean, he's, yeah, that's, but in terms of movies, I, yeah, Son-in-Law was really good. I liked that. That was a sweet movie. And... Had Kelly Kapowski in there doing a very uh, seductive dance to T-R-O-U-B-L-E by right. Travis Tritt. There's nothing wrong I mean, with that Encino at all. Encino Man was good. And let's not forget uh, in the army now with Andy Dick was that was that one of his movies? Jury duty. Jury duty. Yeah. Now, now we're getting into the the <laughs> ones that probably. Uh, let's see what else. The legends of Paulie Shore though on MTV Spring Break are unbelievable. Like that dude in his prime hooked up with so many chicks. Like the legend of Paulie Shore on Spring Break was unbelievable. Remember when we had him on our podcast? He was a little bit of a diva. He was a little weird, to put it mildly. And I don't know it if was, he was on something it, it or was, what. I, no, I think he's been so he was he was interesting, but he was like, like where's where's your security? Where's my security? I'm like, dude, we just asked you to come to the comedy club down to this podcast. There's no security. Nobody's trying to. You know, your security is the same place where all your rushing fans are at, (laughs) Bali. Somewhere else. Um, But you wouldn't take part in this this NASA thing. No, thank you. Is there a price that you would do it for? I do not want to be trapped in like a biodome type deal with other people for 378 days no thank you i don't want to get in a plane and uh, i don't want to get on a rocket ship and go see space i don't want to fly to mars i don't want to go see the titanic i'm good on all of it so speaking of nasa nasa is boasting that they can recycle 98 percent of an astronaut's urine and turn it into water oh good lord well you said 98 percent what's the what's the other two percent Well, I'm glad you asked. Sure, some bottled water comes from natural springs. Others boast exotic locales like the French Alps or the Detroit River. But now, a refreshing water that's truly out of this world. New from NASA, space water. Every bottle of space water is filled to the brim by a real-life space station astronaut, so you know it has to be good. Oh, 
ice water in three delicious flavors, Uranus, freeze-dried asparagus, and tang. Space water. You're going to love it. Now with 2% real astronaut pee. <laughs> the look on Allison's face when the word tang was said was so good. It reminded me of the uh, gif that I use all the time. Michael Bolton in Office Space just making that sour yeah. face, the disgusted face and turning around. That was Allison. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. <laughs> uh, pickleball injuries could cost America up to $400 million. That's money we could be sending to Ukraine. Yeah, of course. Pickleball, of course, is the, uh, I, I don't know, it's a tennis-like sport. It's like a hybrid of, I don't know, I want to say tennis and ping pong almost. You're playing on a court, you've got a paddle, and it's like a heavy ball, and it's, I don't want to say traditionally older people play it. I, I think that has a stigma, because my next-door neighbor, Scott, is like, yeah, he's 10 years younger than I am. He's got a pickleball court in his backyard that he uses and plays with and he's on leagues and teams but because I, I think because it's mostly uh, generally an older in terms of demographics it's costing America up to $400 million a year as insurance companies see searches in hip replacements knee surgeries and elective procedures I love pickleball I love playing I don't know all the rules uh, when I do play, I play with people that are much better than I am, which is good. Can you drink when you play? Oh, absolutely. Every time. I don't think I've ever not <laughs> had a drink when I play pickleball. Um, but, yeah, you're right. This is money we can be sending to Zelensky. So $400 million a year in hip replacements, knee surgeries, and elective procedures. Yeah. If you... Yard darts would become a thing again. Do you think it'd be that expensive? Didn't they cancel yard darts? They did because people were throwing them up high in the air and <laughs> landing in their heads and on their foot like in Grown Ups where they shoot the arrow up in the air. Um, real quick, this guy's gone viral with a story about a bad date with a chick who mocked him for never being in a relationship before. Uh, he's comparing kind of having no relationship experience to having no job experience. So I went on a first date with this girl. We were getting along, and then she asked me, hey, what's your past relationship experience like? And I was being very honest, and I told her, I've never had a girlfriend before in my life. And then she laughs a little, and then when we get home, I message her, hey, I had a good time. I'd love to see you again. And she never responds. And then I take a quick look at her Hinge profile and I see that she's updated one of her prompts. My most irrational fear is being someone's first girlfriend. <laughs> what are people like me supposed to do? Were there relationship internships I was supposed to apply for or something? Good luck, bro. I don't think you got a chance. <laughs> if you close your eyes, get ready to play this one more time. I know we're running late here. Tell me this doesn't sound like Beavis. So I went on a first date with this girl. I was going to say We butthead. were getting along, and then she asked me, butthead, hey, thank you. Past relationship <laughs> this is Butthead, yes. Yeah, got it backwards, but yes, that's totally Butthead right there. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.